in their kibbutz, their communities, like say there's a hundred homes, it's fence. It's not far from the border. You can walk mm-hmm. to Gaza. Um, and some Hamas fighters actually came in that way, but they only allowed 10 rifles per community. You see, you didn't know this 10 rifles per community in a little security shed with 50 rounds each. Wow. That's it. You know how fast you go through 50 rounds? Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Victor Mark Show. My guest today is a friend uh, who understands the warrior mindset from being in law enforcement. He also understands the, the crazy world of social media. He's been very effective in that means. And um, I, what we can, Ryan, I'm talking about Ryan, uh, Tim, my buddy. It, it, did we get connected to social media first, or was it someplace I spoke? I. I don't remember. You know, it's so funny. So uh, I got turned on to you uh, years ago, probably at least over 10 years ago. I've been married to my wife for now 12 years. Wow. And wow. we used to attend Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley. Okay. And so you had came a couple times to speak at Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley. So I'd always followed you out the year, through the years. All right. And then, um, and then when I went to Calvary Montclair with Joe, uh, yes. you came and visited with your lovely wife. And so that's kind of when we actually connected in person. And then, but I've always followed you and trailed you. And so, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's how I've known you. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I tell you, I, I've been so impressed with your presence on social media. And I remember when pastors used to poo-poo social media. They're like, "Oh, that's nuts," you know. Nobody should be on social blah blah blah. And and, and I felt weird because we got into it pretty early on with. Uh, the Facebook and I had never done any social media before that, not even MySpace. And there was, there were some people saying, Vic, you really, I'm like, uh, so we did it. <laughs> and I, I never forget going, man, if we reach 5,000 people, that would be unreal. Cause I always looked at it like a church. Yeah. Like 5,000. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa. And, uh, and then we did. I never forget we did. And all my pastor friends, churches I spoke at, were all cool. And they were happy. Then then we got up to like 8,000. And then, we, folks, I'm just telling y'all like real truth of, you know, if you want to be known in the social media world, be careful. And <laughs> uh, and then I'll never forget, we, we were like 21, 22,000 people. And guess what? People started looking at me different. Pastors who knew me and all, they're like, uh, man, you're kind of going for that stardom deal, right? And I'm like, what? <laughs> no. I, I'm like, no, I'm just trying to reach people through this medium. And uh, and all of a sudden, I man, I couldn't believe it, whether, whether they're, I don't know why some pastors get weird, <clears throat> or friends. Uh, but man, they weren't excited cops for get weird. anymore. Cops get weird too. It's not. It's not just pastor friends. Cops okay. get weird too. So you're not. You're not alone in feeling okay. that way because I felt that way from the very beginning. <laughs> All right, humanity stuff, right? You're just going, gosh. Um, and then now, as we sit here today, we're at two hundred and ninety nine thousand just on you know Instagram, which is where I spend wow. most of the time. That's uh, crazy. We're about to break three hundred. On Facebook, we're we're like one. Where are we? One point three million. Wow, Kendall, my producer, just said one point three million. That's insane. Yeah, and so folks, I'll tell you. Look, don't ever let your identity be caught up in likes or followers. Don't do that. Or your posts. Don't. It, it's that's not who you are. Because if Anybody can turn off a social media, your Instagram, Facebook, then what's your identity? Uh, what's your identity? So, brother, you're one of those guys who have navigated this, being from law enforcement, 
And I love how you bring realism in and you kind of break it down because most people live off perception, right? hundred percent they do. And uh, so their perception of law enforcement, police officers and, and folks, there's a bunch of dirtbags out there in law enforcement. And they're just like there are churches, just like there's corporate, just like there's politics. Okay. Uh, the difference so my law enforcement has a badge and a gun and every once in a while can flex depending on who or where they are. But you got to understand the overwhelming majority are people, um, people just like us who said, you know, I want to do the good thing. I want to put the white hat on. Uh, I want to stand in between bad people and good people, protect, defend, uh, and so, listen. When you see when you see a cop out there, uh, man, thank them. I, I, I just I that. typically just kind of go by and say, hey, "Man, I appreciate appreciate your service," and uh, because y'all don't know how hard it is in law enforcement to maintain relationships, marriage, pay bills, all of that, um, and then when you add on a, as a Christian, someone hmm. who has faith. I'll never forget, uh, man, many years ago, a lot of years ago, I I got, I don't know if you even know this, I I was driving, I was living in Hawaii, and um, I, was dri- I was driving my beach car, little old convertible, <laughs> $500 car, I had my dog in the back, and I hear some ladies screaming, like just, ah, like death scream, and, you know, I, I, Pulled over, turned around, and a guy comes running out in front of me. He has a knife, a bloody knife. Oh, he wow. Has a bloody knife in one hand and a um, screwdriver in the other. And he stops right in front of the car. He's like, because I turned the car around. He looks at me, and another guy's chasing him. And I got two guys, so you're doing oh. the quick assessment. Like, what in the world? And the one guy goes, help, he just stabbed a pregnant woman. Oh, so... I'm, oh my goodness. Yeah, so like I'm driving, this guy's running behind him, and about every, I don't know, every 75 feet, the guy would turn and he'd try to slash this guy chasing him. And I'm yelling, move to your left, move to you. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh ah. my goodness. Because we have a big martial arts school there in, uh, in Honolulu at the time. We do several more blocks. Finally, I go up ahead, speed, pull over. Me and my dog jump out, and this guy runs right into us. And the guy chasing him actually does a really – it was a great tackle. His name was Kenneth. Kenneth tackles him, and uh, then this guy was all hopped up. And, folks, look, most people know my background with the martial arts and all that type of stuff. Look, I thumped this guy. Cow, 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 <laughs> boom. Dropped him, and he got back up. I was like, oh. And I then I remember grabbing him and kneeing his neck into the concrete. Full drop full drop bam and he stood up again i've dealt with i've dealt with people like that (laughs) it's not fun you're like no um and then a bunch of guys piled on him and he's nobody can control long story short i end up choking him out just a good choke as a civilian you can i hate that police have been restricted put him out it was about eight seconds and uh and your adrenaline's going he's unconscious i wrap his legs up and hands and pin him when the officers came, squad cars, rah, 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 it's Hawaii. He he was he was so the way Adam folded up in jujitsu move. The cops came. I'll never forget this. They started laughing, and they're Hawaiian, <laughs> so they're like, "Bruh, hey, you gotta come check this out. This guy got this dude looking. He's, he looks like Nadia Kamenichi." <laughs> and uh, and then finally they took him. But folks, I had a big bruise in my arm from putting that thing on him so tight and you don't feel it. I had adrenaline for three days. When I was filling out the police report, I, my hand was shaking. I'll never wow. forget it. I was like, oh, I was like, doggone it, you know? Uh, and you do those enough, which we have, and get in other situations where I work overseas, and that kind of fades. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be careful. You have to be careful when you don't, when you don't have that edge or the adrenaline. But he, here's the point with all this. I got awarded Honolulu 
PD gave me an award. The city council it was a really cool thing. And when it was my time to talk, all I said was, I, all I did was this little thing, this little moment. Police officers do this every day. Every wow. time they put a vest or belt on, I go, man, I ain't no hero. They are. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just someone that is comfortable in conflict. Wasn't a big deal. They do this every day. And blessed are the peacemakers. Amen. For they shall see God. But um, so, so much to talk about. And folks, for those of you watching, listen, this is just like if me and him were hanging out. That that <laughs> That's how we... We just want to visit. You guys are listening in or watching. But let me ask you, you you've had something pretty cool happen recently re regarding a book. Oh, I did, man. I did. So uh, I wrote my first book uh, called I Know, right? I said it's funny. I said it at the beginning of the year. One of my bucket lists was to write a book. Wow. And uh, and we did it, man. You know, Scripture says, man, write a vision to make it plain. And, yeah. and that's what we did. And so um we wrote a book it's called happy eyes becoming all things to all people by leading with love empathy and respect wow and um and the whole premise of that was i i always loved the apostle uh apostle paul's philosophy of meeting people where they were at in order so that way he might just be able to win a few of them over and it didn't necessarily mean that he had to compromise and i think that's where people kind of mistake all this you know you know empathy and things like that as like oh i have to compromise who i am and the Apostle Paul never compromised who he was. He was just able to meet them right where they were at and so that way he could win them over. Mm. And so I think, you know, we live in such a divisive time now where uh, you have left versus right, you know, uh, you're either pro this or anti that, whatever it may be. And I think as Christians more than anything, which is where my identity is at in Christ, it's, it's my responsibility to meet people where they're at without compromising who I am. And I think people don't know how to do that. They feel like you have to compromise. And I think you... You don't compromise by always sticking to truth, always acknowledging what is facts and what's real, but also having empathy and love to cover their ignorance. I love that. Have empathy and love to cover their ignorance. Speaking of social media, because sometimes you're just going to oh, get a man. comment or meet people oh. and you're like. Every day. Every day. Yeah, every, <laughs> I'm, I, and there are times I'm a little bit more gracious than others. There are times Same. I'm like, bro. Make sure your medication's in its therapeutic range. <laughs> or, hey, when you're wasted, please don't get on social media and start commenting. Oh. You're going to regret this. Uh, there have been, there've been times where people have said some crazy stuff to me, and I've actually like sent like some crazy remark back, and then I'm like, maybe I should probably take that, <laughs> take that down real quick. Right, right. <laughs> it, my wife, I've actually done posts like that. My wife's like, yeah, honey, are you sure you want to? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, maybe not. That was a 2 a.m. post. So We're I, human, too. Yeah, I own my stuff. Uh, it, it's, But this this division that we have in our culture, um, man, like racism, and uh, I mean, there, there, there are several things. I just, we just have to come back to some level of normalcy. I, I was watching, you know, Michael Jr., is a comedian he's i he, believe so yeah he he was being interviewed on uh the robinson's show and it was very funny i just posted it because it made me chuckle and they're asking him so how did you how did you come to faith he goes well it's the same for black people too yeah we, <laughs> you know the guy and i'm like yes thank you but you know he's so sarcastic he goes yeah I it, love it, it works the same for black people, you know, you confess your <laughs> sin. I'm just like, thank you. We have to, we have to bring humor in, because uh, that that melts so much nonsense, right? It does. I I don't know if you remember uh, Dave Chappelle, but Dave Chappelle. I used to watch the Dave Chappelle show all the time, and the thing I loved about Dave Chappelle Brilliant is he guy. would touch so many different sensitive issues through humor. Yep. And like, I mean, he could get away with stuff that nowadays, if somebody were to say, it, I mean, they will cancel him and crucify him to the wolves. But I mean, it brought so many people together. You would have a diverse crowd laughing at jokes about everybody. I mean, black, black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, uh, homosexual, all, all these different people. Right. But people were laughing and connected. 
and they weren't trying to counsel him. And we've we've lost that art in. And I think we've lost the art because one, I mean, obviously Satan's goal is to try to divide people. So, and if people don't have Christ in their heart, then he will be successful in doing that. But two, man, we just, we just don't know how to like, it's, it's, and what's even more scary is this, is I speak in schools all the time across our country and our kids, we're, we're training our kids to disengage mm. in conversations. Our kids don't know how to communicate with one another. Civil so it's only getting worse. It's only yeah. getting worse. And that's dangerous because I always said when when people fail to to work it out verbally, then they're going to go to this or this or this. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've told people in street situations or whatever they want to fight. And I'm like, hey, hey, <laughs> look, I, I don't want to get beat up. It, it hurts. I mean, I'm going to the hospital, and, you know, and they're like, what? Or I've told people, I've gone, hey, you're making me really scared right now. And I'm like, yeah, you better be scared. I said, well, <laughs> mission accomplished, man. You know, don't pick on me. Uh, and then, of course, if they moved it forward, you know, it you'd hurt their feelings. So I'm not saying be a punching bag. But we have to teach our kids, and I'm so glad that you do this. In schools, we have to teach them resiliency, you know, uh, not to just, uh, there's a systemic issue, and it's not racism, it's the inability for a person to handle any level of stress, <laughs> and it makes them want to just give up. Literally, I was at one of the military bases speaking to recruits, man, it was Man, tons. And I, I, I never forget a kid came up to me in between. He's like, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. They yell oh, at me. My goodness. And I said, what? what? He's like, yeah, it's I, good I for just want to quit. I'm like, come here. Okay, you're, you're speaking to an old Marine. I said, I hope it's hard. I hope they, man, are putting this on you. Because I said, look, you're going to need to stand in the gap for us. Us oldsters, I, you know, I'm not getting in a tank. I'm not putting a shoulder-fired missile on my. Listen, and and I, I said, stop crying. What the heck? I said, Man. get get in there and get you some. So that's this is a real thing. And I'll even say I I believe there's some intentionality with lowering the testosterone levels in young men, uh, and young men should have their testosterone levels checked. And if it's low, man, do what you need to do to supplement that, honestly. Seriously. Uh, because it makes you so – it will make you passive. Uh, you, you won't develop a strength or a level of aggression that's needed to, to take a stand. Uh, and, and, uh, and That's how we and were designed to be. Yeah, men. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, let, me, let me ask you this, Victor. Let me ask you yeah. this. Like – one of the things I've noticed is like I feel like we've gotten so complacent living in the United States and you would know more than anybody because you travel abroad all the time. But we've gotten so complacent in the United States where we don't really know what real uh, enemies look like. Like we, we, we argue over these frivolous issues here. So, yep. you know, all these things that are just stupid, like if right. you really look at a service level, but we've made them huge issues. And we don't really know what it's like to have real conflict. So, for example, like we don't know what it's like to live in a place where you have somebody that legitimately wants to kill you. You have somebody that legitimately wants to, you know, rape your your family and kill your family. And I'm not saying that we don't have those issues here because we have them here in the United States, but not like where we see them in other countries. And so right. I guess my point is, is that, you know, when I went to the police academy. They, it was a stress academy, and it was for yeah. six months where they yell at you, they scream at you, they basically – they gas you, they tase you, they pepper sprays you, you name it, because they wanted you to realize that, hey, look, you are more resilient than you think you are. Yes. And so we want to push you to essentially the brink to where you do have that feeling of I want to quit, but right when you get to that place where you feel like you want to quit, that's when you find that resiliency. It comes out and you say, no, I can do this. Yeah. And I remember like once I graduated the academy and I was finally immersed into what it was like to be a real police officer and you're in those drag out flights like you talked about or you're in those situations where you're chasing somebody and it's dark or whatever it may be. 
it's in those moments that you find that place, you find that person, that inner resiliency again, like, man, I can do this. And we're losing that. We don't have yes. that anymore. And Ugh. so that's what's scary because we we are on the brink. We are literally, and, and James Cadiz talks about this all the time, we are on the brink of these foreign enemies becoming domestic enemies. Whoa. And when that happens, are you prepared and are you ready to be able to fight for your for your not only yourself but your family and i think that's what's scary that's what's so much so scary oh about my the whole goodness situation. do you really want to go there ryan is oh that, i'm all about it let's go let's the, do it is that the let's course do it, we're baby. taking <laughs> let's so do hey it. folks two weeks ago i did a a uh zoom call and i said folks if you want to register for a little Zoom call, my wife and I are going to give our perspective just coming back from Israel, seeing what Hamas did, being all in the middle of it, and how we believe you could be affected here. I thought, honestly, I thought maybe 50 people would sign up. Over 5,000 signed up for a Zoom Wow. Call. We were on the call for about an hour, and... This is what I'm. This is what I told folks, and I'm gonna tell you. Um, and, and and I'm glad we're going over this because, listen to me. The, my biggest takeaway in Israel, going to the communities that were overrun by Hamas, talking with survivors, children to adults to soldiers who fought. I said, first of all, help me find out. How did this happen? And I'm asking for all of America because all of America was pretty much freaked out when Israel got attacked by a known enemy at a border and and got their butt handed to them in a horrific massacre way. And and I'm telling you, because of our relationships and our access and placement, <clears throat> excuse me, it, we had SF guys, IDF, Israeli SF guys saying, look, Here's the two reasons why this happened. I'm like, I want to hear it. He goes, we underestimated our enemy. We underestimated Hamas wow. being able to jam our signals, <clears throat> cell signals, hit us at 6.30 in the morning. What I didn't know, tell me if you know this or if this is going to shock you. In their kibbutz, their communities – like, say there's 100 homes. It's fenced. It's not far from the border. You can walk mm -hmm. to Gaza. Um, and some Hamas fighters actually came in that way. But they only allowed 10 rifles per community. You see? You didn't know this. 10 rifles per community in a little security shed with 50 rounds each. Wow. That's it. You know how fast you go through 50 rounds? People don't—they— and they said, we expected eight to ten Hamas fighters to tunnel under, cut through the fence, maybe make it through to attack us in each kibbutz. He said, close to 2,500 of them roared through. There was one police station, and they attacked that first. And listen, folks, everybody, I hear people say, oh, Netanyahu, they allowed it to Israel. It's like, you guys, that's stupid talk. It's stupid talk. They simply were underestimated, underestimated the enemy, and then he, the second thing was they were underprepared. They prepared. just simply wow. weren't prepared. So you got guys running, <clears throat> trying to shoot, and then you got Toyotas, Hiluxes, motorcycles coming in with guys with RPGs, grenades, automatic weapons, all the ammo you can want, and they're just crushing civilians. They're just wow. shooting, killing, uh, and it was horrific what they did. And I mean, people can go to my, you know, my social media and see some of the stuff that we that we shared, and we're actually prepping to go back. But here's what people need to know. Actually, one of my board members for All Things Possible, who leads our task force, our pedophile hunter task force, uh, comes out of the special operations community many, many years, um, has had over 3,000 interrogations of high-value targets, Al-Qaeda, ISIS. Wow. Um, right. And I have this task force that was born out of a think tank because we want to protect children here in the U.S. But he's still involved with the highest credentials. He's been sitting in meetings, Ryan, these last three weeks, off and on with all the agencies. 
and he's they're giving us intel reports and he's saying he's saying he's like victor it's bad they're here oh yeah it, it they're they're here and they're the probability of them actually with these planned attacks within this next year kicking off or it's in the high high category which is why the fbi chris ray you know he says hey uh you know, we do believe that terrorists have entered the U.S. A hundred and some. It ain't a hundred and some. There's thousands. Well, thousands. Right. So, as a law enforcement officer, you can appreciate this. I tell people, look, if something like this happens in the U.S., nine one one is not your answer. No. Everybody thinks nine one one is a magical no. number. No, it's going to take us seven, eight minutes if to get there. If you're assuming nothing else is going on in the city, nothing so, else. Yeah, but if everything is going on simultaneously, you're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. I mean, there are certain cities right now, uh, San Bernardino to name one of them, where I've gone to the jail and I've met up with I have friends over there, and they'll have priorities to the priorities. So wow. meaning like you might have a shooting that that's happening, but you also had a stabbing, but the shooting is more priority because you might have a couple more casualties. So we're going to have to wait on the, the, the stabbing for a little bit because we don't have enough manpower. So imagine what we're talking about now. Imagine you have multiple attacks going on at multiple times. Who's coming to get you? And, and this is what's scary, and this is what people don't get. And I'm not going to throw this person out there because this person who I'm going to bring up is a very – I love this person dearly, very, very dearly. But uh, – Somebody who's close to me, they were asking why I have a rifle. Mm. And they were like, you know, I, I they're like, okay, well, I understand having a gun, like a handgun, but why do you need a rifle? And in oh, my man. mind, I'm, I'm thinking like, because you know what? In my mind, this is how my mind thinks. If something happens in my city, if something happens in our block, in our neighborhood, at least with a rifle, I can at least start, you know, keep some distance in between them getting to my house and my and, 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 and my porch doesn't necessarily mean that I'll be able to keep everybody at bay, but I'm at least be able to keep some people at bay as well as being able to have a lot more ammunition yeah. and a lot more ability to, you know, be, you know, I guess, um, have, a, have a better game plan, a better tactical game plan well, and, 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 more and, and bring the fight to them and be more accurate and bring right. the fight to them as opposed yes. to, Standing back. So my point in saying all that is like, that's how my mindset is. And so, but we live in a society where our society is training us that we don't need these things. So right. think about that response that, that I'm telling you about this person. Well, why do we need a rifle? Well, in your mind, you're thinking that way because society has made you believe that rifles are the enemy because we see somebody go and do heinous things with a rifle. Right. And you have to, you're conflating two different ideas. These are two separate things. You know, the person that goes into the school and shoots up a school with a rifle, it's 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 terrible. There's nothing good about it. But it's not the rifle that did it. It's the person who had was mentally ill, the person that was a freaking criminal or whatever it is that went and got a rifle. So I always the last thing I say is this is when I have these arguments with people, I always say, if let's just say the government said, All right, we're removing everybody's rifle today. You are no longer able to carry a rifle anymore. Okay. They remove all the rifles. Do you think that the person that wants to cause harm and ill will to somebody, do you think that they will be prevented from getting a rifle? Not a chance. If they really want one, not a chance. Not a chance. Because you can get anything from the black market and stuff like that, yep. from Mexico, wherever it is. So they're going to go out and get their rifle. So now they've already taken your rifles away, but yet they still have a rifle. And then we talk about the the, the threat already being on our on our home front. Years ago, when, they, when those terrorists went and attacked the San Bernardino um, yes. uh, place down here, they were looking at all their plans. There, a lot of people don't realize is that some of their plans included going onto the 91 freeway during, you know, high traffic hours, blowing up cars, and while everybody's in chaos on the freeway, they're standing boom, over the boom, overpass and picking people boom, off. Boom. That's the mindset of people, and that was here in the U.S. It, it, it's it, it's. Sorry for sorry for taking it there. No, <laughs> but no, no. That's exactly where I want to go because when I came back, this was the first time that I personally reassessed my um, fighting capabilities with the weapons I owned, and and let me. I actually went on. Um, I started contacting rifle manufacturers, uh, LWRC, Terran Tactical. 
um, the, uh, there's others. Daniel Defense, and and I'm saying, and then I talked to a bunch of guys, a bunch of shooters who'd killed a bunch of people over the years, and I'm like, if you had to grab one weapon, one rifle, what would it be? I want to know your go-to mm-hmm. to be able to defend your family or your neighborhood. Tell me one. So what I've done, Ryan, is these manufacturers are sending me their rifles now. Wow. And I'm going to test and review all of them for accuracy, you know, and I would love to do that. I would love to come out there and do that with you. That would be so awesome. (laughs) Okay. Well, then you can. All right. I'll fly you out here to the training center and we'll just dump tons of rounds. We'll test all of these weapons. And then we're going to give a review for civilians. And I'm going to say, hey, here's three categories, depending on your cost, your event. And here's what we believe are the best optics. If you can get a stamp for a can, here's a, and and that we're not stopping there. We're talking about medical. We're talking about good communication. Um, we're talking about alternatives to electricity. We're talking about uh, you know food because it's not if but when. Yes. And and like this fella in Maine that went off. Shot all those people, killed 18, injured 33, and he was a good guy that went bad. Former military, mm-hmm. you know, probably got demonized and all messed up. But look here, no one stopped him. Can you imagine the first place he went into and started shooting? If one guy just had a hunting rifle in his truck and he walks out and he grabs that, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm saying, and you and I are the same way. It, I tell people you should be, you should be a lot. You should be ready to defend yourself and your family or innocent people any and everywhere. Uh, it do your due diligence to get a concealed carry, not only buy a weapon, but train in it. And, yes. um, you have to but, take it into your own hands, man. You literally have to take the training and stuff into your own hands. Now, the government's not going to protect you. Law enforcement, we're an entity that is there to try to you know, bring order and bring peace. But law enforcement is not the end-all, be-all. The best home defense that you can have is yourself and you. the training that you receive. And don't. And I always tell people, if you're afraid of guns, I, I was somebody that I didn't grow up in a gun home. Like, right. my, I mean, actually, I take that back. My dad owned a gun. But guns was like almost like a novelty. It was almost like this, like this big mystery. Like, oh my goodness, like dad has a gun. Like, and so I'm so thankful that I've gotten into law enforcement because what took the mystery out of it was training with them and realizing that what it gave me confidence to know how to operate a weapon and manipulate it responsibly and knowing how to use it. And so now my kids, I mean, my kids in my home. If my kids ever want to see my gun, they they know the drill. We ask dad, dad, can we see the gun and can you train us on it? So that way it takes the mystery out of it and they're not curious to go and, and look at the gun. But at the same time, it's like, you know, go out there and like you go to the gym or you, you do all these other things to, you know, to help yourself out. Why are you not getting trained? Why are you not getting equipped? That's why we've been putting so much content out lately about, you know, being aware of your surroundings and being walking confidently and, and looking at the door and all these different things. Because like you said, Victor, unfortunately, you know, and again, I, I, was, I, I wasn't planning on going here, but I think it's so relevant. And I love the work that you're yeah, doing, thank you. but it's so relevant because uh, we're, we're living in perilous times, man. We're living in every, every great empire has always fallen. And history always repeats itself. Well, you know, they, uh, you talked about James Cadiz. I just saw something this morning. He goes, hey, Israel was given a promise in the Bible that God would sustain them. He didn't America. <laughs> and and people got to realize that it's too easy for things to go sideways. And I think people woke up because the number of people that have been coming into our country uh, and look, I'm all for immigrants. I love immigrants. Man, I think bring them all in, but let's just process them. Let's make right sure way. let's make sure the bad ones stay out. Correct. Um and, and and but I'll tell you, folks, I'll never forget being in a, a, a group setting conference, it was media, and a friend of mine was a sheriff and, and I said, um, can I ask you a question? I said, what what do you recommend for being a person's best, you know, protection? Is it nine one one? As he said, no, own a firearm. I never forget that, Sheriff. 
He said, own a firearm. Hmm. And then I said, are you legally bound to protect families in this county? Are you legally bound? He goes, no. Wow. Of yep, course not. It's not. Yeah, people, it's true. this tends to make, shakes people. Uh, there's no law enforcement agency in our country that is by contract obligated to protect you or defend nope. you. Nope. Uh, if if they were, do you know the do you know the number of lawsuits that would be out there right now? So exactly. it, it, you can't nine one one is a follow up, uh, or you know at best. Now I don't know if you know this. Someone tried to kill me uh, about two months ago. I saw that, and I, okay. I actually showed my wife. I was like, "Babe, did you see like what Victor posted?" Yeah, nuts. So, but I want people to know this in the county I live in. I I love my law enforcement community i love my first responders and, and you know a lot of love i mean we have them come out here and train so we get it but this incident happened here you know close to you know where i live and um when we called 911, i got on the phone then found myself real clear instructions active shooter he was held up in a trailer I let him know if he comes out, if he, you know, he's already shot him twice at me. If he comes out, I'm going to engage and kill him. I wanted that on recording to let people know. Because if this goes to trial, you know, I'm thinking through all this yeah. stuff. Listen, the response time was about half an hour. Oh, my goodness. For an active shooter. Wow. Wow, that's and crazy. I, I never blamed anybody. I just know in this county the sheriffs, the deputies, they're covering so much. Folks, this is why we have to hire more law enforcement, train them better, give them better pay, have a better screening process, increase the, the, the mm -hmm. pay wage. You'll, you'll, you'll weed out guys. You'll get guys who want to be professional. And young men listening who go, I want to join the military. I go, why? Well, you don't want to see action then you go to a police academy, go to a sheriff's department, mm -hmm. join law enforcement. If you really want to see some action. You, every day. Every, every day. day. You, people are like, well, I, you know, I'll go in. No, no, no. The war <laughs> scene has changed. And unless in your, unless you're in a Ranger Battalion, a MARSOC team, Delta, uh, you know, who's doing most of the, the stuff, you, you're not going to see anything. You're going to be wound up tight, you know, um, <laughs> and you're going to hate life because of the rules and regulations if you if you want to be able to get in a squad car or just going to jail you know do listen go work in san Bernardino. i'm telling you right now you go right work there. in san Bernardino, pomona some of these other places out here i mean they're and all they over need you. men and women you're so right man and i i tell people it's it's a it's amazing to me that we pay millions and millions of dollars to people that uh, are entertainers and no knock on the entertainers because I have a lot right. of friends of mine that are entertainers right. so I'm not taking away anything from them but what I am saying is like if we can spend that much money to them why would you not want to invest in the very entity that could actually potentially try to protect you and oh, help you for sure you know like wh why would we not do that if I you know people got mad at this video I posted yesterday some people got mad a lot of people liked it about you know I was showing you know these LA County deputies that were punching this guy oh right and, yeah and, and, yeah, and amp yeah, yeah amputee and so I'm they're they're punching this guy and the way the news media did they were like oh my goodness these deputies they they their their knuckles were bloodied and they are just beating this amputee down like they got you all emotionally fired up like oh man like these deputies are wrong Without and the then like whole story oh uh, exactly and then in that it, it took two minutes two minutes for them to finally get into the fact that this guy was a gang member had a loaded nine millimeter handgun in his waistband and was doing something he shouldn't have been doing and so when people were getting mad that they were punching him in the face i said look this is the reality i said I would love to say that every single police officer has been chained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which right. I know I've trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about six, seven months, and man, it's it's amazing what it can do. It's a game. But changer. the reality, it is a game changer. But the reality is, is not every officer can do that. No and so, yep. put yourself in a gunfight with somebody, somebody that's wrestling for a gun. Are you fighting fair, or are you just going to, you know? Uh, you know, do whatever you can to, to prevent them from getting to that gun. And it's no different from officers. So if an officer is fighting to prevent somebody from going to ride at their waistband, 
it, it's not gonna look pretty. I'm I'm sorry. I, I I hate to break it to you, but it's not gonna look pretty. Yeah. You know. So, but people just they don't they don't think that way. Unfortunately. Well, well, they're I call them thin data people. They don't have real <laughs> life experience versus thick data. One of my closest friends, he's like a brother to me, Fabian Lou. He he was. Do you know Fabian HPD? And he was he's a legend before he retired. He was at the academy, but um, he's this. Portuguese, shorter, <laughs> thick, Portuguese, half Portuguese, half Chinese, and uh, martial arts boxer. But he tells a story of when he was a rookie. We're going to talk about an amputee. This guy, <laughs> double amputee in a wheelchair, he got called. He has to go, and the guy's messing with people, and he's like, hey, man, you know, you need to. And the guy goes, F you. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, hey, you know, watch your language. <laughs> he goes, ah, and he spits at him. He's, and then he throws something at Fabian, an officer. He was like, oh, my gosh. He's like, hey, Sergeant, what I what I got to do? This guy, he's like, arrest him. So he goes over there. He's like, hey, I, I've got to arrest you. And the guy swings at him and clips him. <laughs> Wham! And then Fabian's like, you, you. <laughs> he pulls him out. He said, Victor, we were on the ground fighting for like five minutes. This dude was strong. He could move. He said, it freaked me out. So amputees, yeah, you don't get a pass. No, you don't yeah, get a yeah, pass. No, you don't get no pass at all. I've seen amputee. We had trigger, amputee jump knife. out of. <laughs> we had an amputee one time. Literally, he's in a wheelchair. Oh, double, yeah, double, yeah, double leg amputee, and this dude literally launched himself out of the wheelchair and went to swing on my my partner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, folks, don't buy that. One of the best kendo <laughs> practitioners, compatibly became a world champion, was a double amputee. Wow, and he he. Oh, man, this dude was brilliant. He came to one of our martial arts schools in Hawaii. Wow. So, yeah, listen, folks, if you prepare, you won't be paranoid. We're not here to make people feel scared because the Bible mm. says God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. But I'm encouraging everyone in the U.S. to get involved with your neighborhood watch. To me, it's the simplest, most effective yes. way. Get a neighborhood watch, and, and, and then you beef it up. You get some people to beef it up for 2.0 because really we're, it's a counterinsurgency. There's an insurgency in the U.S. right now. Millions have come in. A lot of them are bad people. Waiting and, for the right moment. They're waiting yeah. for the right moment. They're, literally, people are waiting right now just for the go-ahead from whoever is leading the charge. That's and exactly once, right. And, and, they, and they're literally everywhere. Uh, again, I, I, was, uh, I was for many years, I was a part of our, uh, it's called the, the JRIC. Which yep. is a joint a regional interaction of terrorists, whatever it is. I can't remember what right. it's called. But uh, we went to all these debriefs and things like that about terrorism. And what's crazy is what people don't realize is how many things have been stopped that they never even knew about. But what they also don't realize is that there are people here right now living amongst us. I, I remember t about three years ago. And this is the type of, again, as you said, it's not paranoid, but just being aware. Three years ago, I was literally going to uh, Target. To go, it was around the Christmas season. So right around the Christmas season, you know, obviously ter some terrorism stuff ticks up just because of the whole yeah. religious stuff. And so this guy, as I'm out of getting out of my car, I see this guy walking, and he has his phone, and he's on FaceTime. So initially, it didn't really raise any any eyebrows, but he's like turning around, he's like like doing all this FaceTime in the parking lot Ooh. with somebody on the other side. So I'm like, that's strange. And he's like, like almost like doing some surveillance. Right. So I uh, I walked up to him, and I said, "Hey, uh, sir, I, I'm lost prevention. I, I didn't come in my official capacity as a police officer, but I was like, "Hey, I'm doing. I work for Lost Prevention here, and we were we were on surveillance, and we were actually I, I we noticed you're doing uh, doing some uh, you know videoing of the parking lot. Is there something that is there something we can help you with?" And the dude got all nervous, and the guy on the other other side of the phone, he was speaking another language that I didn't understand, and um. So the guy starts, he's like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. So the guy is, like, getting all nervous, and he starts to walk all away from me quickly. So he finally walks out of the parking lot. But it's that little thing that picking up on stuff like that, I don't, who knows? I could have deterred something. Yep. Or yeah. they, at the very least, maybe I didn't stop something right then and there, but maybe I stopped something down the line that they say, hey, look, there's people in this parking lot that are aware of what's going on. So this may not be a soft target because what people are looking for is soft targets. Where am I yeah. going to have the least amount of opposition and resistance? And so 
little things like that can prevent stuff. And so you have to start being aware. And that's what Victor is referring to right now is like, prepare yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to come save you because they won't. I love it, folks. It's uh, This is all good. If you want more information on this, you got to get on my dib, the Daily Intelligence Brief, Daily Inspiration Brief. Go to victormarks.com forward slash brief. And <laughs> we will subscribe you to that. The other thing today's show is being sponsored by, um, this is new, folks. This is r3livingnow.com. Um, if you are interested in better health through supplements, my wife and I have recently got involved with an organization, a new company that's standing up, but we've been taking their products for a long time and it makes a difference. There's a sleep aid that I have to have because it keeps me from high stress dreams. Um, there's, uh, there's vitamins. There's a handful of things that are really critical to our well-being and health. We want to tell you about it. And on top of that, it helps the ministry. If you subscribe, if you get your monthly donation, uh, it's really like a donation. You, it, when you get your supplements in every month, uh, the ministry, as a result, gets 90% of uh, the profit of what comes in. Wow. So That's it awesome. really, really helps. And then, you know, the crazy thing, it's a direct marketing company that hasn't launched yet. We won't launch it until January 1st. So right now, we are taking people in who want to be part of it and in the early stages. And we really, if you want to learn how easy a compensation plan is, you need to email me and write this down, whatever. It's hello at r3livingnow.com. I'll say it again. Hello at r3, it's the number three, r3livingnow.com. Reach out to us. You can go to our website and just say, hey, I'm interested in finding out about those supplements and then also a way uh, to make income. We, because it's brand new and it hasn't been launched, it's the beginning stages. I wanted to test pilot it. And I can tell you all that people are already starting to get checked. And we want this for single moms, widows. We want this for, like, one of my daughters, her husband. They, they have two children. And, look, they're all in. They, they have no other means to make income. This, they just got their first check. That's and it's cool. so simple. But you have to contact us. We'll give you the information. Um, and then you pray and see what the Lord wants. But this would help. Ryan Tillman, I get to ask my guests two final questions when they're first-time guests, which you are. So here's my first question. You, sir, I said earlier, people live by perceptions. Now, you know me, but what is your perception of, like, myself and my wife and what we do? What? How would you explain that to people so that people— Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a great question, man. Uh, I would say, uh, number one, is you're a truth teller. And mm. the reason I say that is, you. you know, sometime, to, sometime the truth hurts, but yeah. the truth needs to be said anyway. And you are a truth teller, my friend. Everything, ever since I've been following you, the reason I've been following you for so long is that I've been following you for over 10 years. Wow. You've always kept it real, and you have such an amazing testimony, man. Uh, you are literally the epitome of what Scripture says when, um, you know, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will reveal the desires of your heart. But he's oh, also, you're also the epitome of um, how God can work things all, for good for all those who love and are devoted to or called to His purpose. And you are the epitome mm -hmm. of that. Um, you know, a lot of times you, we, we have tragedies that occur in our life. And if you allow the tragedy to overtake your life, you will, you will, you'll crumble. And yeah. you've had so much tragedy in your life, but yet you keep delighting yourself in him and you keep abiding in him. And he's still working all these things out for good for in your life. And so I would say for me, honestly, you are a true teller and your wife, man, she is just such the, the, the most kindred spirit, but with a warrior heart. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I love your wife. Your wife was awesome. And like she like I said, she has the most kindred spirit, but she has a warrior heart. And your wife, she is like she's a she's a she's a bad woman. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't she's mess with your wife at all. I, I'm I, more I'm more afraid of your wife I, than I am of you, Vic. <laughs> wise man. I tell people, look, she people worry about me until they meet my wife and I go, there's my bodyguard. And <laughs> she's made it very easy for me not to cheat on her uh, because I've seen her put rounds out, out, 
thousand <laughs> yards and i'm like <laughs> recently we were at a little convention and six hour had a booth i was speaking for a missionary conference but they had this thing set up and they're like hey the march is up and they go hey we have a range i want to go out and shoot we're like yeah Together, my wife lays down bam with a 6.5 creedmoor wow and, and she's she's hitting stuff out at a thousand yards i'm like yeah there you that's go. crazy that's legit <laughs> right oh and just for an update so we don't leave you folks hanging regarding the shooting um the the gentleman was arrested and god protected me because the first round was like within 36 inches it was three feet but he was wow. hiding behind a, a tinted window it was a little ambush and when you actually if you want to look at my instagram or at facebook you can see the the lines that we ran there it missed my ear by two fingers and oh ryan i don't tell many people this but i'm gonna say it right now that morning that that incident happened i woke up i look at my wife and i said babe i just had a dream that a guy pulled out a pistol and from five feet away aimed it right at my forehead and pulled the trigger i couldn't get to him in my dream i didn't have anything and when he pulled the trigger it went click are you and serious that that i'm telling my and then again he pulled the trigger again click i closed the gap took the weapon away he was going to get another one, i ended up shooting him and killing him but i woke up that morning and said honey i just had this dream a guy aimed right at my forehead two clicks i said you know i had to shoot him but she goes wow i said yeah it's about two o'clock that afternoon this guy's trying to ambush me from behind a tinted window in a trailer bam and it he he missed me i did get a little bit of fragment from the the, the uh, window frame aluminum window frame in my eye wow which is only an inconvenience but god protected me and i'll tell you something else folks regarding guns and weapons you know, I moved to color, cover, drew my weapon, had my red dot on him, right where he was, and which is a normal response for somebody who's trained. And I got to tell y'all, the Holy Spirit said, don't shoot him. And it was so clear, wow. I just pulled my weapon in, like not even an argument. He shoots at me again, I moved to a different location, put my red dot back on him. And I'm like, Lord, I, I, I can smoke this guy right now. He's a real threat. And I hear him say, don't shoot him. Wow. No questions asked. None. Not, but, not even a but. Because I've heard the Lord in combat on the hall. I know when he, I've heard him. Yeah. Since I've been walking with him. And trust me, folks, what he says is better than what you feel. And do you know what? After a five and a half hour standoff with SWAT, he surrendered, um, and I, w I would have always asked myself how I killed him. Ah, you know, knowing that the Lord said, don't, but I, if I would have gone ahead and shot the guy and killed him, I would have been wondering, would he have ever surrendered? And guess what? The answer is yes, he would have. He's wow. booked for second-degree attempted murder. Um, of course, he's out on bail. And I, all I said was, "Don't let him, don't let him get around me, please." Yeah, I, I don't want to be. He ain't gonna get a second chance. <laughs> yeah, I said, uh, you know, God's grace was sufficient in that moment. He may not give me the grace card for that guy. So, uh, last question, last question. We're talking about death, and um, you know, you and I have faced it. You and I have been in places where we go, yeah. We, you see the brevity of life. We've had friends that were killed, loved ones that have died. What happens to Ryan Tillman, Officer Tillman, when you take that last breath? And, and folks, we know this, that when we do die, those that love God, they, we're in his hand. It, it's his will. So I tell folks, if you hear me being killed or wrapped up some, don't think that, oh, the enemy won, God law. That, that's God's will. But mm -hmm. what do you believe happens to you when you breathe that last breath? Uh, well, I believe what Scripture says is I'm absent for the body and present from the Lord. And it's, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, the other day, me, my wife, and my three kids, we were having like a little devotion, a family devotion mm -hmm. with one another. And I have a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Or a 5-year-old. And my, my oldest son has been struggling a lot lately. Um, mm -hmm. Just struggling with... I don't even know. I don't know. It may be depression, or but and, and 
And so I mean, we're just having these conversations. I'm being vulnerable right now. And so as we're talking, I asked my, my, all my kids a question. I said, Hey, um, you know, have you guys, has there ever been a time in your life where God has done something good for you? And all of them mm -hmm. say, yeah, yeah, of course. So then I, I asked the question, I said, has there ever been a time in your life where you feel God has let you down? And so I went around and my oldest son, he says, yeah, I feel like God let me down when, um, when we prayed for people and people died, when we paid mm -hmm. for Lolo and Lolo died. And you, I think you might actually know my, knew my father. I know he's met you a couple of times. His name was Edwin. Um, but, uh, yes. cause he, he, yeah, yeah, he was at Calvary Chapel for Chino. He went to Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley for many years, of Edwin Regay. Yeah. So yeah, he passed away a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. um, from COVID and then, and then shortly after that, my grandmother or my my wife's grandmother died. Then my grandfather died. So my my son at ten years old lost four mm. significant people in his life in ten wow. in, in two years, wow. and so he said, "I felt like God let us down." And so I asked my son. I said, "Okay, I, I completely understand that why you feel like God lets you down." I said, "Where do you think Lolo and Peepaw are at right now?" And he's like, "With God." And I said, "Is that a good thing or a bad thing?" He said, "Well, it's a great thing." And I said, "Well, in that situation, you know, when me and mom, when we found peace and the fact that we know." people and, and 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 Lola are with God when other people who don't know God if they see that me and mom have a level of peace and they ask how we have that peace despite our loss and we tell them about Jesus Christ do you think that that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing he said it's a good thing and I said why is it going to be a good thing and he said well because they'll have a new relationship with Christ and I said so does it make it all worth it that people and grandpa and 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 Lola were are with God now and he says it does make it worth it and so the reason I bring it up is because, like, you know, the hope that I have of my, my fathers in, in, in heaven is, is based in Scripture. And you, and what, you asked me the first question is, what do I think of Victor? Victor is a, is a person who delivers truth, even though it's hard sometimes. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. The, the, the Word of God is truth, absolute truth. And so when it says that you are absent from the body and present with the Lord— when you ask, what do I think happens to Ryan Tillman when I take my last breath? I believe I'm going to be in the presence of my Savior. And, you know, I want my legacy to be one that my, my identity was not found in being a police officer. My identity was not found in being the owner of Breaking Barriers United. My identity was found in being a follower of Jesus Christ. I love it, man. And, you know, what stands out to me is you go, the Word of God. This is where you get your truth about eternity. And mm -hmm. believe me, I have many guests that don't know, many guests, I mean, great warriors, too, who've done a lot of things, go, I don't know, maybe I come back as an eagle. I mean, I've heard some pretty wild things that broke my heart. And and everybody has a philosophy. But my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. I mean, eternity is the most important thing we should be pursuing yeah. while on earth. And the Word of God is where we're putting our, our trust, hope, and faith. So, uh, and hey, as a father of five kids and five grandkids, your sons, he's just being normal. He is processing death, right? And there's a gloom that comes with that. It is. Where they're like, oh, it, we call it the umbilical sack is being busted. And kind of the harsher side and reality of life. But what, what a great way you navigated that through uh, devotion. And um, that that's how... You strengthen a son, a child, uh, to let them feel that. And it's totally normal. Uh, but then you build with truth, man. Thanks for being an example in so many areas. Thanks for your friendship. Man, and Victor, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. We, hey, would love to get you out here, do some plinking. We have a we have a, a shoot house here, a range, a dojo. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some serious fun. <laughs> man, hey, say less. Man, you don't have to threaten me with a good time, man. I, I travel all the time, so there's nothing to add you guys onto my travel list. Awesome. Well, we'll do it, man. Love you. Appreciate your hugs to the family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks again, Victor. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Hey, everybody, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, share the podcast. Share this. This was great. Introduce people uh, to my buddy Ryan. Follow him on social media. Find out what he does as he speaks everywhere and uh, get his book. We love y'all. We appreciate you. And again, whatever you do, do it for the full glory of God. There's so much, uh, there's so much richness in that when you're following God's will. Until next time, we'll see you right here on the Victor Mark Show. <laughs>
Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.